Hello and welcome. This is the Focus Masterclass podcast, where we speak to some of the great minds in visual effects to dive deep into every part of the industry, from production, the creative process, business, and technology. In this edition, we're back with NPC production side VFX supervisor Charlie Henley. This time, he tells us all about shooting creatures, including working with creature and makeup departments, plus traditional creature effects. Please enjoy Charlie Henley's Masterclass. Hello, so this is Charlie Henley, um, a visual effects supervisor with MPC, currently working on production side. I've uh, just finished Artemis Fowl. A little summary of some of the things that practical creatures or special effects makeup might do on a film. You've got prosthetic makeup, gore effects, animatronics, puppeteered practical creatures, uh, dummies, men in monster suits, and um, a kind of crossover hybrid approach to creatures, which may be part practical creature effects and part CG. You've got the prosthetic makeup stuff. We used it on uh, in in Cinderella on the on the goose the goose man who was uh, the coachman on Cinderella's carriage and is basically started off as a goose and then ends up back at a goose. But in the middle, he's a coachman that's part ish goose. So they they did a goose face on him, um, which was a beak uh, like a mask and then a lot of makeup, extra crazy hair, feathery hair. For feathery hands and prosthetic um, goose feet that would attach to his legs and that allowed us to shoot a half goose man uh, riding driving the coach so it was a real proper uh, coach driver actor uh, well stunt actor I guess um, driving the coach dressed up like that takes hours of makeup in the morning some of these things so generally not production is not that keen if they can get away with doing stuff in visual effects but for us it gave a great basis uh it worked in wider shots being it looked good enough he could perform for wild shots you'd see him half a goose man when you got close sometimes it felt a bit too makeup-y we needed to change the eyes a bit things like that so we took over and did a bit of cg uh, that was kind of how that played out uh Obviously, there's lots of other prosthetic makeup. Could be anything from just scars to wounds. So you've got gore effects as well. They may do blood squibs, practical wounds. Sometimes that takes a bit of enhancing, especially if you've got like a deep wound that should be uh, go within inside the body. Obviously, a makeup can't add, can't go into a body. They can only add on top. So quite often that is a limitation. Animatronics is pretty cool remote controlled radio controlled mechanisms inside a um, prosthetic face or could be an animal animatronic animals we have like animatronic horse for cinderella that was effectively without the legs it's like a horse on wheel on wheels but it's got a head and the head would mechanically move and the ears would mechanically move and the whole thing would rock correctly to the dynamics of a horse so an actor could sit on that be towed along um, but for medium close-up shots we felt like they're on a real horse so that's you know an animatronic horse totally practical uh sometimes cg1 we added cg tails and stuff or on a wide shot it was we just replaced the whole horse but you got the physical motion from the animatronic so that's kind of cool you got puppeteered 
practical creatures as well. So that would be something like the deacon in Prometheus, the face huggers in the original Alien. We did a we did similar practical face puppeted face huggers in Alien uh, Covenant as well. The hammerpede was puppeteered, which is another snake-like creature um, in Prometheus. Um, and then, you know, generally the VFX workers to clean out the puppeteers, um, tidy up the joins, rig removal, a little bit of enhancement sometimes. Puppeteers are quite often brought into action. You've got creature effects, which are often very talented at creating realistic human heads and uh, dummies. So an example of that would be in Alien with quite a lot of dead bodies. So they, uh, the creature effects team for Alien Covenant uh, created, you know, cast heads from actors and the duplicated, you know, created uh, silicon versions of them. Really beautiful techniques of building the skin, subsurface skin using types of silicon and uh, makeup and building under layered, layered blood um, layers underneath the slightly translucent skin to give it depth. Um, beautiful eyes now. You can kind of uh, glass eyes that make them look really uh, incredibly realistic. So we had, the, which, you know, saves a lot of CG if we had to go that way, but also um, practical to do on set. And some of those techniques are useful just to create um, fantasy creatures as well, because you can get quite realistic skin texture. For example, the, the hammerpede in Prometheus was uh, built with layers, so it had like a it was semi-transparent, which always kind of can help sell something uh, as being tangible or yucky, depending which way you want to go, or both. They built a spine inside that was like a mechanically operated, so it, you could it could bend. On top of that, they had a layer of uh, kind of blood vessels. On top of that, they had a layer of silicon that was the skin surface. On top of that, they're putting on uh, KY jelly and whatever to make it look slick and then a bit of grit. We had to do a CG version of that. So our CG version was built we exactly the same way, basically, which made total sense because we were copying it. So we built, uh, we built it up in all the layers and each layer was look developed to match what that material looked like. And then we created like a super accurate match uh, for CG takeovers when it has to like go inside one of the guy's helmets and squirm around and go down his throat. And similarly with other creatures. So uh, that sort of translucent technique can work quite nicely. Also, the baby xenomorph was uh, built from the inside out in CG. That was well, they did build a practical version of that, but we replaced that completely CG. So I had to do so many different things, and the and it was so delicate and small that uh, it was actually hard to build something practical with that much detail, that tiny. And uh, that was built like skeleton, muscles, fat, sinew, skin surface, and it was translucent but the idea was it should be translucent so it was shot from behind with a torch and kind of enjoyed that translucency puppeted practical creatures so 
I mean, they, 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 could, they can do a lot with puppeteering, but sometimes you end up having to replace quite a lot as well. The dummy is also quite useful in, uh, in moments where an actor has something to happen to them quick, like uh, very abruptly, like, um, for example, in Alien, we had uh, one of the face huggers, huggers plants an egg in somebody, and then the baby alien worm thing explodes out of their mouth <laughs> and it's all quite gruesome and unpleasant a bit like chest buster that's basically what it is but it's like a mouth buster so uh they built a, a head for the actor uh, well a full dummy and a very realistic head and then from inside they could pop they could push through the uh on a line the uh chest buster along with like gallons of blood fake blood spurting out which is another thing that the creature department do quite a lot, but they, uh, but we we did we sh you know we shot the whole scene with the actor screaming and acting out the whole part, and then we shot pick up the next section with the dummy being puppeteered and shot that, and then uh, in the end they matched so nicely it was just a case of uh, cleaning out the wires and uh, and using cuts to cut from the real actor to a close up of the puppeted actor just as the action happens you got men in suits which would be like a full a full uh, outfit would be great for halloween parties but they're quite hard to put on sometimes you've got uh the original alien it's probably like it's a pretty good man in a suit but has its limitations of course with potentially sometimes you get the, a guy wearing the suit and an animatronic head is attached to that uh the engineers in prometheus were like uh, originally they were meant to be very tall but then that meant cg and that was budget and at the time very difficult to achieve super realistic they did do cg weta did the CG, a cg version of the engineers but you know to do then it's it's challenging to make it look properly photo real so they did uh they, they found some um i think uh well very tall sports basketball players and uh built the suits around them and so they were full in the full full suits worked pretty well you've got crossover approaches again where you've got a man in a suit but perhaps you're altering some of that in cg mainly because of the limitations really so i always thought a great example was that was was mr x's um, merman in shape of water where he's clearly in a you know it looks the movie character is a bit like it looks like it's an underwater merman creature it sort of feels like he's a man it's um it's a uh, practical in a sense uh you know it's practical and maybe it looks a little bit like a man in a suit but it really suits the movie and the mood and it's so down to earth and real and you have none of this sort of you, there's for a budget like that there's no risk of it just feeling like it's you know giving itself away as computer generated but the face in that film is pretty much all replaced with cg and that just plays into the limitations really of the practical and the character performance that you can get out of a face with either animatronics or puppeteering or a mask that limits someone's face so that crossover approach is a real is a is a key of getting the best of both worlds in a lot of cases. The main things would be trying to do things too 
all practically will be the, the motion because uh, obviously if it's a puppeteer, they're limited in motion and movement, even if you're going to clean them out. If it's um, a man in a suit, but it's meant to be a creature that's super fast or, you know, super athletic, they're going to be limited in motion. And uh, that's one of those key issues there. And then you've got um, different body shapes. I mean, another simple thing would be just that, this, the thing about them, there's the body shape, which is more like if if you're if you're human, you're limited. Obviously, you have to you've got the shape of a human. Um, you can add to it, like uh, with the with the xenomorph, we did build a practical version because Ridley wanted a practical alien for some of the scenes on set, and that was. But we knew that it would never do all the things that he wanted it to do in terms of uh, speed of motion and um, dexterity of motion and how much it was demanded that it would be visible on screen. But there was, uh, and the design of it ended up being like tall, but also incredibly skinny. So they did build a version with a puppeteer, like part shoulders was, the man was in the shoulders. He had like uh, rises on his feet to get height. And then the front of him, he could, was sort of puppeteered, like attached to the, the, the rest of the legs were, stuck to his legs and the theory was he could move a bit and then we could paint out the puppeteer behind and he could walk around but of course it was very clunky and really you know we got some great super close-up head stuff with the animatronic head we got great close-ups of some interactions but um in the end we had to replace pretty much most of it for that film another like limitation is of course the makeup cannot go into a body so for example uh voldemort's nose on the one harry potter's we uh i can't remember which one we first see voldemort but we had to do a digital nose replacement so they did full makeup for all of him but because they wanted to take away his nose they couldn't take away his nose without chopping it off so we had to chop it off digitally and put a nose replacement in so that's kind of hybrid then there's just a lot of complexity really on set with all the puppeteers. So generally a production can move quite slickly if it's all CG. But if you've got a lot of uh, masses of makeup, it can take a lot longer in the morning to get everybody ready, sometimes hours. That really affects the shoot day because the actors have to, they're on time from the moment they start doing makeup. So, and then you've got puppeteers on set, which is uh, complex. You've got, um, and there's the reliability of it, which is always uh, on edge. And then a lot of it gets moved to set. So there's a lot of tricky bits about trying to do things too Patrickly, which is why we come in. Just briefly, I'll go over what we do on set in terms of what we can bring to set to help create these creatures. You've got uh, reference stuffies, which are anything that represents the real texture or perhaps quite realistically represents the creature so that's like works as a lighting reference obviously we had little stuffed taxidermy mice on sticks uh that we could run through set for the mice in cinderella or actors could hold which was great lighting reference we had real mice for animation reference but we didn't bring them on set at the time sometimes you've got stuntmen for interaction with actors that's where men in suits comes in sometimes so they we they can they can 
be great for interaction, for lighting reference, but for performance, uh, Ridley really wanted to have in the end men in suits rather than reference reference heads, uh, so that he could perform, have something to cut with, uh, have the actors have something to react to. You got sometimes you got the motion capture stand-ins, so that would just be bringing a real person in that that plays the part but they're all in a tracking suit rather than not a, like a, a gray track suit with markers on. Uh, maybe they got a face cam on, so you're recording their facial performance in order to drive animation or reference for animation in post, but you know they're going to be completely replaced. You might have uh, puppet puppeteers as well. So puppets on set as references. Thanks again, Charlie. So we'll go into our Q&A now. My first question is, how do you decide which aspects of a creature to use prosthetics on, to use makeup on? Is it more based on efficiency or budget or time limitations? I mean, uh, with what I've done, it really, it depends a bit on the design. So if you're really keen to push the proportions beyond what a human can do then you may end up having to replace you know more in order to push those proportions so i think the priorities are in the are either in the aspect of uh of character going beyond what you can achieve um or um but mostly it's about hitting the limitations of the practical and the limitations are often facial expression or facial proportions. So like a practical face, they can only build out, obviously, and you can only build the eyes. If you're going to use the human eyes, they can only be where they are on the face. Yeah. Uh, but the creature, you might want the eyes to be wider yeah. or higher. And, uh, you know, or the, back and, <laughs> or the back of the head, or like, you know, the mouth to be twice as big or something. So once you start going out of proportion, then you're like, well, we're going to have to replace that. But perhaps you can keep, you know, the legs, the costumes, you can make the legs look shorter, but it's hard to make them look longer. You can put them on risers and they do look a bit longer, but, you know, it depends. So it's, I'd say it's the two things, proportion and, uh, and performance, basically. It's just whatever part you can't get out of the practice. So, so it is a matter of kind of pushing the limits of the practical effects and that whatever can't be done, that's what you do in post. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So it's just, and it's try. I think the sensible thing would, would be, you know, obviously to work these things out early to do tests, um, but to not get too stuck up on trying to make things work that don't. Cause I mean, once you're in the CG world, you can do a lot. But if there's something consistently that you won't have to change and you can get that practically, then that makes a lot of sense, you know? So, yeah. so like, and, and for me, it just, uh, it forced the CG into the real world. So those scenes look really seamless for me, um, rather than, you know, sometimes, especially when you work on it a lot, you just have this sort of uncanny feeling that it, maybe it's computer generated. <laughs> Yeah. You know, I mean, it's getting so good sometimes you don't, but I don't know if it depends. So when you've got something there for real, it's it's really handy. And costumes in particular are, uh, are, are a pain. And uh, on set, it's just that interactivity that's so good, so, it's so natural. Yeah. Uh, 
Is there a typical um mis- are, are there t- are there typical mistakes that you face in post after you've shot all these scenes with the practical effects? Like, is there like a common mistake that you still need to fix even after you've you've gone the whole the whole mile for the practical effects? Well, you do, and you often do, even if it was you know like the seams. There's like if it's puppeteered, obviously there's parts of the puppet bits that's disconnected or there's bits that just move wrong or fall apart or you know like fixing up stuff um sometimes often in enhancing even like the skin quality because obviously there's a lot of work to get the skin quality right but when it's got layers of makeup on if you're close up then they may it may not look um you know it can look a bit rubber perhaps so you can sort of work on top to make some of that skin quality look less uh look less rubbery yeah uh or less like prosthetic makeup so sometimes you end up just trying to tart up the makeup it's almost like digital makeup you know or like eyes if they're uh fake eyes you can try and bring them to life maybe more movement so there's another layer in there where you're just you know, uh, enhancing. Um, but I mean, other it's not really necessarily a mistake. I wouldn't say it's ever a mistake, but there's a lot. When we when you're trying to build, bring a lot of practical to the set, there's, a, there's an element of, if I was financing it, you'd be looking at, you know, the amount of money going into a, a prosthetic or a practical or an animatronic or... A practical creature on set that's then going to get replaced in CG. It's like, why wouldn't you put the money more just into the CG if you're going to do yeah. it? Anyway, if you're going to do it anyway, I mean, there's a lot of argument uh, of trying to, when it comes to the budget, uh, you know, of trying to what's the most practical way of getting the best out of both. Uh, for and that you could work to help that. So, for example, with this with this hybrid approach, you may say we're always going to change the faces, so you don't need to spend you can have a mask style face or you can even have just a human face but you've got prosthetic suit body uh you don't have to spend so long in on on uh, on set you know yeah that makes uh, sense. It, or in makeup for example cuz it's quite a big expense to have people in like if you've got like 50 goblins they'll have to go in makeup for ages but <laughs> you know if it's if they only have to be work for the background then uh, and you replace them close up, then they can build masks and just pull on the mask and do a lot less makeup, for example. But when you've got like, you know, re- you want a man in a suit, and then you're going to replace him, and you want, but you want the man in the suit to look great, or then you you can be doubling up. It's a bit of a luxury <laughs> to, to be able yeah. to bring both of those things to play. Um, you know, it just depends on the film, though, doesn't it? Really. What would be your like your role on set? Would you be the point person for these practical effects and do you kind of work directly with the people who create the prosthetics the makeup the animatronics or like what's that relationship like as a production supervisor you're sort of with all those teams from the beginning or at least i have been so it's like from the script you're you're deciding you know you you're in early and you're debating with creature effects who does what, how you work it out together, how what how you what you can bring onto set, who designs what, what's the overlap of design, 
it can be it could be a pretty close relationship if you come in like really late on a project a lot of that might have been decided already you know uh, or just they may have been saying yeah we're just going for this practical and then you come in and you know you're gonna have to fix it all in post or something but um if you're lucky enough to get on a project early then you're in in there in the process of kind of haggling where the budget goes who does what when and trying to work out the best scenario for everybody you know and work as a team really i mean it's like there's lots of departments creatures makeup all the the interesting thing about vfx really is it crosses over with like all the departments so when you're there as a supervisor you're having to you have to have a kind of working relationship with production designer building sets the creature guys if they're going to do some practical creatures uh, figuring out how to bring it on set and then when you're on set yeah i mean your responsibility is to see that it's shot in the best way for without encompassing the director and how he wants to film you know it depends on that too so there's a there's a way you know whether they they want close interaction with something they get their hands on or whether they'd like to just make it simple on the day focus on the actors and any creature stuff deal with it later uh ridley would love to get in there so he would you know we'd bring puppets on set and he'd come in and start dressing it himself and and posing them and getting his hands dirty and trying to resolve issues and he liked the the, the game of doing things practically so he was you know so he brought more more practical in than you might have done if you were just being very um, conservative about upfront um, creature work. Thanks so much, Charlie, for that wonderful masterclass and for being patient with the questions and answering them all really with great insight. Thank you for the questions and thanks for the opportunity. If you enjoyed this masterclass podcast, please sign up to our newsletter at thefocus.com slash subscribe to keep up with future podcasts as well as get the latest visual effects content tailored job alerts, and virtual learning materials straight to your inbox. You can also subscribe, follow, or like us on our social media channels at The Focus Careers. We'll share the links to those channels in the description. We'll speak again next time.